0: go ahead and turn to um, your Bibles in the book of Philippians chapter 3, our master text. For those of you that are just getting familiar with your Bibles, that is uh, way toward the end of your Bibles. A little four-chapter book, the book of Philippians. And when you find Philippians chapter 3, please stand up with me and let's honor the reading of God's holy word. We're going to read verses 10 through 15. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Philippians, and he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection of the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about the God... A breakthrough to start our new year. But before we jump into that, I wanna show you a short video, uh, an interview with uh, Mario Marillo. Who knows who Mario Murillo is? Okay, most of you.
1: So I wanna show you this short video by him just to set up where we're going with this teaching. Everybody getting together to give each other words from the Lord? is a waste of time and energy. Everybody getting together to pray for America and ha- and getting words from God how to spare the nation. There it is. That isn't God.
2: Yeah. As we head into the coming year, 2022,
1: what do you believe God
2: is saying to the church?
1: Well, I'm going to tell you, if I got a, a minute to answer that because I really feel it's important. In 2019... Every prophetic word that I was reading almost to a T was saying that 2020 was going to be a year of prosperity and it was going to be a year <laughs> of breakthrough and multiplication and all of this stuff was going to happen. Very few predicted the lockdown mm-hmm. and the virus. And why is that? They were fooled by a mechanism of flattery and a culture that, that had lost its way. We had taken the circumstances of America and misread what it meant. And Samson said, you know, I will get up as I've done every single time. And I will go out, you know, and the Bible says he knew not that the spirit of God had left him. What happened is Samson didn't lose it that night with Delilah. He had lost it a long time ago. He was already operating in grace. And mercy, God allowed one or two more supernatural physical events to happen, and then finally it happened. Where I'm dis- disturbed is that preachers missed it in 2019. They missed what 2020 was. Now, as soon as the pressure is lifted, look at them. They're reverting back to the words, the conferences, the focus, the emphasis that fooled them before. And I look at him and I said, "You were fooled by that before. Everybody getting together to give each other words from the Lord is a waste of time and energy. Everybody getting together to pray for America and and getting words from God how to spare the nation—that is. isn't God." Yeah. And so I feel in 2022 is a year of repentance. Mm. I believe that that the word from the from heaven is this: if you Go back to what you were before. Now you're due for double punishment. You deserve to lose your entire calling because of that. This is no time for people to go back and do all the silly things they were doing that fooled them before. 2022 is a year of repentance and a year of God giving us marching orders. And I'm going to tell you, we've got an election, a midterm election, and it's time for us to punish the evildoers by throwing them out of office. It's time for church to have fire and glory in the name of Jesus.
2: Amen. Well, your book helps us get a hold of that Vessels of Fire and Glory. And I know you've got a new book coming out in March that we'll have to do a separate interview about, but it's so hard. It's so hard because when we go back to church as usual now, it almost feels like we're in rebellion, just an average service just a normal yeah. service it feels like i'm just speaking personally like it's yes. almost blasphemous what we're doing yes how do we how do yep. we break that and just break into raw obedience to the spirit of
1: god you know i i want to advise the pastors on this and and here's one thing i've i've said to them one of them told me he said everybody in my church is mad i don't know who to please you know no matter what i say someone's going to be mad at it and he asked my advice, and you know what I told him? I looked at him right and I said, find out who's right, who's, who's mad for the right reason. Find out the people in your church who are angry for the right reason. If there are people in your church that are angry that you're having church when you ought to be home and not being a super spreader, those people are failures. They're, they're, they're fear mongers. The people who want to reopen the church and don't want to suffocate behind a mask and don't want the government telling them whether they should get a shot or not, those are the people to relate to in your church. They're mad for the right reasons. Hmm.
2: Anger is often an indicator of calling as much as it is an indicator of the release of the healing power of God.
0: All right. Well, uh, as Mario Marula was saying in that interview, uh, I too believe that uh, this is a a season of repentance. At least it should be anyway. And as that master text that we read in uh, Philippians chapter 3 says, uh, we need to be doing whatever we can to strain toward the high mark of whatever it is that God has called us to do in our lives. And I also want to address something else Mario Murillo said there in that interview about how some prophetic people sometimes can be, you know, just a little off the mark. I mean, we all can miss it, right? It's not just prophetic people. We all can miss it from time to time. Now, by the way, I absolutely believe that prophecy is a legitimate spiritual gift that is in operation today today just as much as it was in Bible times. But I've noticed that very often, at the start of a new year, it's not uncommon to hear people in the body of Christ declare victory and breakthrough for the coming year. Um, I've heard, it's the year of new beginnings, or it's a year of breakthrough, or common things and common predictions for the coming year. And very often, we hear those things... To then go on to experience some of the most challenging times we've ever faced. And if we're not careful, this can make us cynical and distrusting of the prophetic. And I just want to caution you about that. Because the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.20, to not despise prophecy. Okay? So let me shed some light on all that, if I may. But first, let me define what I mean by breakthrough. So look at the screen. Breakthrough simply means a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. Now, now, I'm getting this definition out of the dictionary. I mean, I think we have our own religious definition of what breakthrough means, but this is the standard definition of what breakthrough means, a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development. If you were to put that in a, in a sentence, um, you could use this, a major breakthrough in DNA research. So in DNA research, a breakthrough would be a sudden, dramatic, important discovery or development. In the military, there's also a use for that term. So a breakthrough in the military occurs when an an offensive force has broken or penetrated an opponent's defensive line and rapidly exploits the gap. So when it comes to God and how we would use breakthrough um, to apply to Him and His activity in our lives, we might say it this way, God is the God of suddenly. God is the God of suddenly. Uh, Folks, God has always been a God of breakthrough. Uh, We see that throughout the Bible, He's always been a God of breakthrough. He is the God of suddenly. So when all looks lost and hopelessness seems to drag on day after day and week after week and year after year, there's always a time. That is, if God's people are continuing to seek Him in prayer and fasting, there's always a time when, bam, God breaks in and turns things around. The important thing to remember, however, is to hang on even when things do look hopeless because God is never done working as long as we stay faithful. You know, it reminds me of the story of David and Goliath. You know, little David up against huge, giant Goliath. And you might remember that The Israelite army was up against this overwhelming force when they drew up battle lines against the Philistines. And day after agonizing day, Goliath would approach those battle lines and taunt the armies of Israel, insulting the God of Israel and breathing out his threats. And all seemed hopeless because no one could face Goliath. But one day... One day, this little ruddy-faced teenage boy appears in the camp to bring food for his brothers, and he watches this scene play out that had been playing out for over a month, day after day. And David was incredulous. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? And in that same day, folks, God uses an untrained teenage shepherd boy to take down the most feared military fighting man on the face of the earth. And the armies of Israel went on to rout their enemies. So yes, God is a God of suddenly. He's the God of breakthrough. That is, if we can just hang on and continue to seek Him like never before. And that is the focus of this teaching this morning. So there's something about a new year that causes people to reevaluate their lives and goals and begin turning over a new leaf, if you will. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I think there's a lot that's right with that. We should often evaluate ourselves and look in the mirror. I mean, that's biblical, right? Um, But just because a prophetic voice declares that it's the year of breakthrough doesn't necessarily mean that you are automatically going to experience that. Okay? See, I happen to believe that there are seasons in people's lives And I also happen to believe that there are seasons even in nations. So I do believe there is some legitimacy to the prophetic voices declaring a season of breakthrough or whatever else you may have heard. However, I also happen to believe two important truths that are very pertinent here. So look at the screen. First point is breakthrough is available every day. Breakthrough is available every day, all the time, because we live in the age of grace. See, the Scriptures tell us that God's mercies are new every morning. His loving kindness is fresh every single day. Look at the screen. That comes from Lamentations chapter 3. Let's read it together. Because of the Lord's loving devotion, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Where would we be without that kind of mercy? So it is possible to enter a new season of breakthrough every single day. Because God's favor surrounds us like a shield. According to Psalm 512. Let's read that together. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous... You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Don't you like that? On a related note, you don't have to wait until the first of the year to begin turning over a new leaf or what have you to experience a new level of favor. All you have to do is seek God with all your heart today. Today. And that will position you for greater levels of breakthrough, whether it's New Year's Day or St. Patrick's Day or Independence Day. See, mercy makes it possible to have a brand new start, folks, every single day. Hallelujah. Praise God. Take a praise break for a moment. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Now, since we're about to embark upon uh, our 12-day first-of-the-year fast to kick off the new year... Uh, I want to revisit the topic of fasting here for just a little while since this is one way that we position ourselves for more of God's favor. So one way that we're in- instructed in the scriptures to seek God is with fasting and prayer. And as I've said in a previous teaching, you know, most Christians, most American Christians are on board with a prayer thing. But fasting, uh, not so much. However, remember that fasting is one of the three things that Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount were basic expectations of the Christ follower. The other two being giving and prayer. So fasting, giving, and prayer, according to Jesus on his Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, are basic expectations of the Christ follower. So some observations here for you about fasting that we've kind of covered in a couple of previous teachings... Fasting is an expression of humbling ourselves. You really need to get that. Fasting is an expression of humbling ourselves. See, it's in, the, in this way that we position ourselves to receive more of God's grace and favor. Because God's word says in more than one place, folks, that you've got to get this, that God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. I'm going to say that again. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So by fasting, we're humbling ourselves before God, and we're aligning ourselves with the Spirit of God and um, allowing him to more fully have his way in us. Next observation about fasting here that I want you to get is that fasting is a form of more focused prayer that is different than our usual times of feasting. You know, we should all have a a good, healthy, consistent prayer life throughout the year, regardless of whether we're fasting or not. But when we're fasting, that's a more intensified form of praying. See, fasting, as I said, is a more uh, intensified form of prayer, which was modeled for us in various places in Scripture. So I I think given the times that we're in right now with our, our nation, ladies and gentlemen, I think it's the perfect time to be fasting for America and folks listen if America falls God forbid but if America falls I I, I don't want to stand before God someday and him ask me why didn't you seek me in prayer and fasting for your nation why were you so spiritually apathetic and nonchalant about my word that is not going to be me how about you praise God Another observation here, fasting is a time for putting aside our usual indulgences and training our bodies to be more responsive to the Spirit of God rather than allowing the cravings of our body to dictate our lives. You know, the cravings of your body can dictate your life in a lot of ways. We have various cravings of the body that lead us around by the nose sometimes. And fasting is a way to break that. Fasting is a way to break that. See, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, according to um, Psalm thirty-seven four, He will give us the desires of our heart. See, while fasting isn't easy, of course, it's a way that we nevertheless delight ourselves in the Lord. Not that He's going to give us every selfish, carnal desire, but when we delight ourselves in Him like this, our desires become aligned with his desires, you see. And then he grants those desires as we seek him in prayer. So yes, breakthrough is available this year, every single day. And one of the ways that it will come is to truly and fully seek God by delighting ourselves in him. Now listen, this could be a year of breakthrough for you. Or it could be more of the same. Let me say that again. This could be a year of breakthrough for you. Or it could be more of the same. It just depends on how you decide to live your life this year. See, it's been aptly said that one definition of insanity is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Hallelujah. Okay? So, folks, listen, if you do the same things in this next year, in 2022, that you did in the past year, you're going to get similar results. And if you don't like the results you got last year, maybe it's time to do something different, right? So, listen, I want you to get this point right here. Look at the screen. Don't live your life by a calendar. If things are going to be different, it's because you changed, not the year. It's because you changed, not the year. See, if you aren't satisfied with the results that you're seeing in your spiritual life, maybe it's time to make a change. And that applies to just about every other area of your life as well, by the way. You know, I want to make this point very, very clear this morning. God is in the business of blessing His children. I think there's there's a very self-destructive religious idea going through some segments of the body of Christ that God just exists to smack you upside the head when seriously whenever you do something wrong or you know he's going to put disease on your body kill your babies and wipe out your finances didn't I just read in in Psalm 512 that God blesses the righteous his favor surrounds us like a shield So God is in the business of blessing His children, but sometimes we have to seek Him with all of our hearts in order to experience more of His presence. That's exactly what Jeremiah 29.11 says, by the way. Look at the screen again, Jeremiah 29.11. Uh, through 14 for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord okay let me stop right there I'm going to give you some context about this passage because the Israelites were complaining to God why don't you hear our prayers why is your favor not on us anymore Uh, how come all this calamity has come upon us and they were complaining against God and accusing God You, you don't want to be in the position where you the created begin to accuse the creator okay And so God answers them, oh, so gently and oh, so graciously. Here's what he says. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when, that's a condition, by the way. When you search for me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Isn't God so gracious? That's how he answers the accusation of his people. Now listen, I can't count how many times I've heard someone prophesy at the start of a new year that this is going to be a great year for the people of God. And and certain years are great for some people of God. I know some people who did very, very well in 2020 and 2021. I was one of them, hallelujah. But not everybody did have great years, okay? So every modern day prophet under the Milky Way might be prophesying breakthrough and victory and and acceleration in the coming year. And yes, I agree that that possibility is there for every follower of Christ. But the possibility is also there for you to fail to experience any of that. See, I heard one preacher say, we just need to get under the spout where the glory comes out. And I like that. I think that was Jerry Savell that said that. I like that. See, it's a clever little saying that helps us to understand what so many people fail to recognize, which is that we need to position ourselves for greater realms of God's glory. Okay. Is there any baseball players in the room? Some baseball players? Yeah, okay, the Huff family for sure. So um, you, you know that when a catcher is in position and the, uh, the pitcher is pitching, if he's in position, bam, it's right there, he's got it. But if he's out of position for whatever reason, it can fly right by him. Um, and the same is true with everybody else on bases. If, if the ball's coming to them but they're out, out of position, Or the batter hits the ball and they're out of position. Well, that could be a base hit. I mean, you need to be in position. Okay. Same is true with God's greater realms of glory in your life. We need to position ourselves to um, experience more of his glory and favor in our lives. We need to get under the spout where the glory comes out. See, God's just not going to barge in your house and, and knock you off your recliner And uh, reveal his glory to you in fresh and new ways. (laughs) Right? He, He responds to people who seek him passionately. And God wants us to understand this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that no matter how far you've come in your walk with Christ, there's always new realms of his glory in your life that you have not yet experienced. But he wants you to. He wants you to. And that's where, again, we have to consider the important role of fasting in seeking God. See, I said in a sermon a couple of weeks ago that if you aren't hungry for more of the things of God, you will never allow yourself to be physically hungry. I'm going to say that again. If you aren't hungry for more of the things of God, for the deeper things of God, you will never allow yourself to be physically hungry because to you it's not worth it. Listen, folks, there has to be something inside of us that just decides there are certain things that are more important than food. Did you hear what I said? We have to come to a place of deciding there are some things that are more important than food. That leads me to my next point about a corresponding truth, and that's that God... Hates lukewarmness Now what is lukewarmness It's a spiritual condition Marked by laziness And apathy It's a spiritual condition Marked by laziness and apathy So pay close attention to what The Lord said to uh, the church in Laodicea In Revelation chapter 3 Look at the screen I know your deeds This is Jesus speaking I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Now, you could interpret that like this. Your lukewarmness makes me nauseous. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. In fact, that's how some translations rather than the word spit you out of my mouth, they use the word vomit. Or spew. That's how they, or, or spew, exactly. So that's how we can interpret that. Your lukewarmness makes me nauseous. I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. God hates apathy, make no mistake. So if you want greater manifestations of God's favor in this new year, folks, you might need To make some adjustments in your heart and begin seeking Him and living for Him in ways that far exceed the sleepy ways that many American Christians approach their spiritual lives. And one way to do that is with fasting and prayer. Here's yet another observation about fasting it helps to set the course for your divine destiny. It helps to set the course for your divine destiny. Um, You know, God made each and every one of you for a very specific purpose. You know, there's what, seven or eight billion people on the planet today, and not a single person has the same fingerprints, not even identical twins. God made you very uniquely. He fashioned you very uniquely. So he he fashioned you to to fulfill a very important and specific role in his kingdom. He made you with a purpose. But getting there and realizing that purpose and the full fruition of it is just, it's going to take some cooperation on your part and mine. See, there's, there's some people that seem to be doubly blessed of God while others just kind of bump along. Right, And it has to do with the different degrees by which people seek God or don't seek Him. See, regular fasting and prayer puts you on the faster track to your divine destiny. So I pray that as we begin to embark upon this 12-day fast as a church starting tomorrow, that we as a church and individuals will say, I will not settle for anything less than what God has in mind for me. I'm going for it. I'm going to give Him everything I've got. I'm going to seek Him with everything that I've got. Let's share the attitude that the Apostle Paul wrote when we read that master text in Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read that again to you because that's the attitude that we need to share as well. Let's read that again. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Now, we don't like that word, do we? But fasting is one of those Ways that we fellowship with the sufferings of Christ because He set the example of fasting for us. Let's read on. Being conformed to Him and His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been perfected, but I, listen to His language, but I press on. To take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He's saying, whatever it is that God wants me to do, the reason why he created me, I want to press on and grab hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. That was his attitude. Reading on. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have laid hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind some of you need to hear that this morning. You need to forget what is behind. And straining toward what is ahead. I, th- here it is again. I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should embrace this point of view. Hallelujah. So yeah, if you want to press on, if you want to strain toward what is ahead, if you want to take hold of that for which Christ took hold of you, you're going to have to fellowship in his suffering sometimes. Amen. Amen. You're going to have to fellowship in his suffering sometimes. And part of that is through the practice of fasting. And by the way, another way that you fellowship with his sufferings is saying no to temptation when it rears its head. Because when temptation rears its head, by the way, your flesh wants to do it. Your flesh wants to do it. And and you just have to tell your flesh, no. And therefore, you suffer sometimes in that decision. Your your flesh suffers, but your spirit is going, yeah. Because you're telling your flesh, no. You're crucifying the flesh. And that spirit man is getting stronger and stronger every time you do that. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, speaking of that suffering, I want to talk to you again about the merits of affliction that I uh, have talked to you about in some recent teachings. Remember, I brought up Psalm 126.5 that says, Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Now, on this note, I just want to take a bit of a side journey for a moment and, and address how to fast during these upcoming 12 days, because um, some people have asked me how I plan on fasting. Well, I I always seem to do it a little bit differently every single year. You know, I've done my fast doing nothing but liquids. um, And I fasted for many different lengths of time. You know, one day, 12 days, 21 days, 40 days. Um, And I've also done Daniel fasts, where you eat uh, just vegetables. And I've also done a combination approach where I will um, do part of the day, just doing nothing but liquids, and then I'll have uh, you know, a light dinner in the evening. And uh, in most cases, I will uh, always, not always, but in most cases, I'll eliminate meat, and uh, I'll, I'll always cut out bread, I always cut out sweets and coffee. Now, during a fast, however, you decide to do it, you really need to increase your time in prayer and in the Word during that time. And also giving, by the way. If you read, again, back to Isaiah 58 that we read recently, um, you know, one of the things you need to focus on during your fast is more time in the Word, more time in prayer, more time giving to the poor, and don't be in strife with people. Okay? That's a word from the Lord for every day of your life. But, but especially during a fast, okay, especially during a fast. Uh, see, you don't have to do your fast exactly like me, but whatever it is, remember the essence of fasting means that you eliminate things that are important to you and meaningful to you and that make you uncomfortable without them, which means that your reliance is on God alone, Your reliance is on God alone. And some people have asked me, well, can I fast internet and TV? And the answer to that is, by all means, absolutely, yes, you can and probably should fast internet and TV. But in the Bible, I just want to qualify this. In the Bible, a fast always, always, always has to do with food. Food. Because food is not only something that you want and tend to overindulge in, but it's also a necessity, You see. And the essence of fasting is that we're putting our reliance on God alone. We're putting our reliance on God alone. So, again, those who who sow in tears, so to speak, like that, will eventually reap in shouts of joy as you see the results of your fasting coming in over time down the road. Praise the Lord. So, I want to reemphasize, ladies and gentlemen, that God is a God. Of breakthrough, So, no matter what you faced in the past year, I want to encourage you that God is still a God of breakthrough. Yeah. And you know what? Listen, listen, you know what? Sometimes our sense of self-sufficiency, our sense of self-sufficiency is not always a good thing. I'll let you just ruminate on that for a moment. Just let that simmer. Sometimes your sense and my sense of self-sufficiency is not always a good thing. Sometimes we need to experience for ourselves through life experience that without him, we can do nothing. So if your back is against the wall right now, listen, that might be the very best place for you to be right now. Because it forces you to look up and realize that by yourself, you can't do a thing But with God, all things are possible. Amen. You know, I can't promise you that in this next year that you're not going to have some problems and challenges of some sort. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure you will, because that's the fallen world that we live in, isn't it? But there is a mighty God who is on your side, folks. And no matter what happens, He is there to make sure that you make it through that okay. As long as you continue to seek Him. Did you know that God has an emergency number? (laughs) And it's not 911. It's 333. Jeremiah 33.3 to be exact. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight about this before I move on and start to come down home stretch here. Um, I've told a few of you that God really likes symbolism. He's very into symbolism. Did you know that? I noticed that I kept seeing the number 333 everywhere. I would look at my clock, and it would be, Three thirty-three. I mean, I don't know how many times this has happened. Or I I look at a license plate or or something. And this happened dozens of times. And finally, McFly, (laughs) I finally went, "Um, okay, God, are you trying to tell me something? So I went to look through the scriptures. And I I looked through every chapter of the Bible to find either um, chapter 3, verse 33, or chapter 33, verse 3. And the only one, I mean, some chapters don't even go, or some books don't even go to chapter 33. The only one that I could find that really meant anything that really spoke to my heart was that one. And the Lord was saying to me, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So this was a reminder to me, these numbers have not stopped appearing. The the numbers 333 just keep appearing. And it's a reminder to me, every time I see 333 on a clock or wherever else, I stop and say, Lord, please show me great and wonderful things that I do not know. I called him every time I see that. Even if I'm meeting with somebody and I see that number under my breath, I'll say, Lord, please show me great and wonderful things I do not know. And that's what he wants for you this year. See, all throughout the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, there's a common thread. And that's that the people of God often face impossible situations. But that's where the God of the impossible breaks in and rescues the godly and sets their feet on a high place. Hallelujah. So trust him, seek him, obey him. And when you draw more near to God in this next year, I believe that you'll find that he will draw near to you. And in that sense, yes, it can be an amazing year for you. Praise God. So if I was to distill this message down into a soundbite, one takeaway that I want you to go home with today, it's this. Uh, You will never be sorry that you commit yourself to seeking God like you never have before on a higher level than you ever have before. You'll never be sorry that you do that. But you might be sorry if you don't. You will never be sorry that you commit yourself to shake off the hindrances of your life and begin obeying him in in areas where there may have been compromise before. But you will be sorry if you don't. You'll never be sorry that you commit more time to prayer and fasting. But you might be sorry if you don't. You see, all throughout the Bible, there's this common thread that the people that God uses the greatest are the people that seek Him the most diligently. But people who just kind of float through their spiritual lives with not a lot of passion in it, well, you might get to heaven that way, but you'll probably get there beaten down by life, making a lot of critical mistakes, um, not really being used of God in a really significant way, and Not really experiencing the joy of your salvation. See, God wants more for you in this year, folks. And he sent me to tell you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Hallelujah. And listen, one thing that I do want to say to the seasoned saints among us before we close here. One thing I do want to say to the seasoned saints among us, I believe that God wants me to shoot a warning shot over your bow today by telling you to not rest on your laurels. Do not rest on your laurels. Some people in this room right now uh, might look around at their lives and feel very comfortable in some respects. And to a certain degree, I, I think that that's okay. But at the same time, 1 Corinthians 10.12 tells us that if you think that you're standing strong, take heed, lest you fall. Hallelujah. That's a word for all of us. I don't care how long you've been walking with the Lord. See, in this fallen world full of demons and sin and disease and deception, you can never let up on the accelerator. Never. Never. See, 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that the enemy roams around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And and you know who he targets, don't you? The unsuspecting. That's why you can't rest on your laurels or let up off the accelerator. See, Satan is like any good predator. He likes the sneak attack. He likes the sneak attack. So don't let up. In fact, in this season, it's time to hit that throttle even harder, brothers and sisters. I'm going to leave you with something. uh, You can tell that I uh, I stalk some of you on Facebook. (laughs) I... Opened up the service with something that Tammy Pennington posted on her Facebook page, and I'm going to end our service with something that Brent Denny posted on his. And I thought it was so good, and I I couldn't improve upon it, so I'm just going to quote this word for word, uh, Brent. So uh, I'm going to leave us with this right here. So this is from our brother Brent. 2022 has potential for the greatest revival and awakening of any year in modern history. 2022 has potential for the greatest revival and awakening of any year in modern history. you agree with that? Hallelujah. Can you sense it? Are you willing to fast for it, he says. Then he goes on to quote Joel chapter 2. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in grief, but tear your hearts instead. Then the Lord will pity his people and jealously guard the honor of his land. Then, after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And he goes on to say, ending his post with this. Praise his name. We must hunger for God more than anything. Believers around America and the world are uniting in fasting. Please join the community of Christ around America and the world. We must start somewhere if we hope to get anywhere. No matter how small, take a step. Otherwise, you're stuck where you are. Donna, would you come up and play something? Praise God. Yes, come up here.
3: So before we start the fast... um, I want to let you guys know because testimonies are always good around a fast. Um, in 2020, a lot of you know that um, my husband and I were separated. We were living in separate homes. My son was in a boarding school for boys. Things were pretty rough around the Bringle house. Um, first of the year in 2020, Doug and I made a decision um, to get back together. Um, we fasted. We were a part of the fast. Um, and. In that fast, so many good things came out of that. We had, a, we pretty much fasted for our children sometime around in that year, specifically for the children. And we fasted, and then in April of that year, our son came back home. And so I was thinking, gosh, you know, 2020, man, it's gonna be weird. My son's gone, our our son's gone. And our family vacation, we were wanting to take go to California, that's, that's done, we're not gonna be able to do that. But we really fasted, and we we started praying. We got up in the mornings, and we started praying and after the fast even. So we would get up in the mornings, and we would pray together. And that changed something, guys. If you're not praying with your spouse, I can tell you in 2020, we started that. And then 2021, about in March, we kind of got away from that because Mm. of the busyness. But for our fast this year, we're gonna start fasting Again, tomorrow with everybody, but we're gonna get that prayer time started again. So I encourage you, man, it was a miracle. My son came home, our son came home. What a miracle that was. We got to take our California trip. Doug and I grew as a couple and still growing strong. We just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. Woo. And I have to give a special shout out to Lily. I'm so proud of her. She's reading your book. And this little girl is on, she's not little. She's going to be graduating in 2022. I'll cry later, Lily. But I'm so proud of her. She's seeking the Lord. And I'm just so, so proud of her and where she's going. She's talking about going to Purdue in a couple of years. And we're already starting to look at churches for her. Because she says, Mom, I know I've got to get into a good church. Really? Right? God is good. So in this fast, guys, let's let's focus also not only for the nation, but we've got lost kids out there. I would love to say that Isaac came back to the Lord and is following the Lord, but he's not. And I know a lot of people out there, their kids are not following the Lord. So let's focus on that as well. Let's bring our kids home. Let's fast for them too. Amen. And I will also say, yesterday, as I was um, serving, uh, there were some Pentecostals that I was serving, and they were talking about craving a steak. I said, "Yeah, I'm going to be craving a steak here in about 13 days." They said, "Oh, really? Why?" And I said, "Well, each year our church does a 12-day fast," and they're like, "Oh my God, what? I could never do that." And I was like, looking at them, like, "What?" So it's very interesting that the, the, a lot of the religious people that we know out there, they do not fast. And that, to me, was a we- that was an eye-opener.
0: Mm, yeah, that's good, Sharon. Praise God. Yeah. Uh, Brett, come on up here. A- as you're coming, I just wanted to uh, say something that, uh, em- emphasize something you said. Absolutely. As we fast, one of the focuses of our fast, please, be fasting and praying for our nation. Please, please. But during your fast, it's also okay to present before the Lord your own personal requests about your, your own life and your own concerns and needs. That's absolutely appropriate. Uh, but one of the primary focuses of our fast, uh, mm, we need to pray for our nation. Brent?
4: Thank you, Pastor. Would you um, would be able to get this slide back from, um, was it Jeremiah? 3.30? Mm-hmm. Thirty-three-three. Three-three-three. So while we're doing that, I, this is a, a, the, the, the message about suddenly in a breakthrough. Now, I've had something that went on in my entire life, and I've not talked to this congregation about it. And I don't think I've even mentioned it to you, Pastor, but Samantha and Samara know it very well. Pastor was talking about symbolism and God's attention, and getting his attention with the 333 and you're seeing it everywhere my whole life i've been plagued with a symbolism why you get a 333 and i get a 666 i have no idea <laughs> so first of all i wasn't real like what the, what is the lord trying to tell me this has gone on for my entire life I can tell you right now that part of the product number of Wrigley Spearmint Gum is 666. I order a gift for Samantha, it comes in, made in China, 666. I think I took a picture of that and sent that to you or posted it somewhere. Samantha can tell you since the minute she's met me that I began to show her and it's everywhere. So thank you for, I'm glad someone gets a more comforting number than I did. (laughs) So I, I've never had the breakthrough. I pray, God, what is it? Is it just, you know, the devil's trying to, to say something to me and I, I'm triumphant over him. But as you begin to speak, call to me, I will answer you. The Lord did for you uh, a, a decoder and he put you in his word and you found this wonderful verse. called to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And my breakthrough sitting here during the message is, oh, where is there a 666 in the Bible? Well, I know about Revelation chapter 13, but that's not the one I focused on. So I picked up my Bible, and I found that probably the only only place in the Bible that may have a 666 is Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 6. So I thought maybe that's my Dakota ring. And I read it, and as before while I was reading it, you begin to say uh, that our enemy is defeated. And I read this about that same time. Hear the uproar from the city, listen to the voice from the temple. It is the voice of the Lord repaying his enemies what they deserve.
0: Praise God. On that note, stand. Praise God. Close your eyes with me for a moment. Uh, We've covered a lot of ground this morning. God's encouraged us with that passage out of Isaiah to end on. But prior to that, the Lord's been speaking, I think, to many of you, if not all of you. I just want you to pause for a moment as we've been discussing seeking God like never before, including fasting. What is God saying to you personally this morning? Just let's be quiet before him for just a moment. I'm not going to drag this out, but I think it's always a good idea from time to time to just pause and not just come away saying, oh, yeah, that was a good service. But no. Asking, Lord, what, what do you want me to get out of that service today? What, what are you telling me in that teaching? What adjustments do I need to make? How do I need to focus myself in these coming months and throughout this new year what things do I need to give up what things do I need to turn away from what new things do I need to embrace so I would just ask you to ask the Holy Spirit you know he's our our comforter and our counselor our guide so just ask the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit what do you want to say to me personally this teaching and maybe he's already spoken to you I know that that happens throughout the teaching but let's put a nice little ribbon on this and get some marching orders for us individually so I'm going to stop talking now and just give you a moment here uh, silently between you and the Lord and then we'll pray